Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am crew. That I did know. These people may be isolated and unbalanced, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. Oh, hello, gentlemen. I, I think she's waiting on us. All right, Thursday. Hi, yes, sweetheart. Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable. Yeah, we got to start some sooner or later. Yes. Yes. Welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It's the intrepid trio, Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. No sign of unusual brain activity. Well, that's pretty much the normal for us, isn't it? I I, I think so. Okay. Um, Like I said, it is the intrepid trio. It is another issue of the Mighty Marvel Geeks. And uh, let's knock out the business stuff out of the way first. Check out the homepage. Coming soon, <laughs> I promise, will be a link for Heroes and Villains. That's heroesvillains.com. Use the code FIELDAGENTS to get 15% off your first purchase. Also check out Found Me for the really cool um, Bluetooth trackers. They have Star Wars. They have Marvel, which is the important one that we're pitching on this show, um, which I want to get another Marvel one. I have, yeah. I have three now. <laughs> I got Phasma, <laughs> I have Iron Man, and I have the Chewbacca that I bought to go on my backpack. Nice. Well, that's because it's dangerous to go solo. You got to take a Wookiee with you. Yes, it mm-hmm. is. Speaking of which, condolences to the Mayhew family for the passing of Peter Mayhew. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I got to meet briefly at a convention here in Birmingham uh, quite a few years ago. I've met him quite a few times, including one backstage at Epcot. Wow. So um, I saw the convention. I never. I didn't get to directly meet him, but he walked right by me and made my neck hurt. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite stories with him, uh, we went to go see him at Celebration 6, which was the mm-hmm. second show here in Orlando. Um, and we took some stuff to Peter and Angie uh, from Epcot because they like the shortbreads and a few other items. Oh, uh, there you go. So we took some, so I picked some of that up, took it to him, and he was playing like hide-and-seek or peekaboo with, uh, with Zoe with his hat. Aww. And uh, she was having fun with him with it. He was great as we're chatting with Angie and um, we went to leave. It's like, well, give Mr. Peter high five. She she's two and a half at the time, so we know roughly how big a two and a half year old's hand is. Mm-hmm. Now, or how small her hand fit in the palm of my hand at the time. 
she put her hand up. He put his hand up to go up against hers. Once she saw the size differential, she pulled her hand back. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. I put my hand up so she could see that the size differential was there with me as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, give him a high five. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> You're asking me to high-five a barn. Pretty much. I think if he had closed his hand around hers, it definitely would have disappeared. <laughs> and that's with her leaving his her hand open and not in a fist. But, yeah, he was a great guy. And I want to say he, he was involved in writing a comic book once, I thought. Oh, really? I don't remember. I know he was involved in a cartoon because I'm trying to find that cartoon. But um, check out the, like I said, on the homepage, uh, Heroes and Villains is coming. Um, found me, F-O-U-N-D-M-I dot com. With both of them, use the code Field Agents one word, to get uh, 15% off your first purchase. Uh, check out our other affiliates, Loot Crate. Fan chest, um, ripped apparel, superhero stuff, red bubble. Also, to check out our store, the Spider Man baseball jersey is live. So is the hockey jersey, but it may be, even though Stanley Cups are still going, the playoffs are still going on, it may be a little warm for for hockey jerseys. To me, maybe, to me, maybe, unless you're in Duluth, Minnesota, that has gotten like over nine inches of snow this month alone. I will still wear a hockey jersey in the middle of summer. Yeah, but that's because you live in Florida. Well, I was still wear a hockey jersey in the middle of summer. I, I don't know how you do it because I, I, I wore my jersey maybe two weeks ago at work and it was like maybe 60, 65 degrees and I was sweating all day. It's, it's like my grandmother, dude. She has the heat on right now, and it's like 80-something degrees outside. That's the kind of temperate climate that you are used to. This house is always cold. At night, it is 69 or 70 degrees in this house, always. That's why I'm wearing a hoodie right now. But I have no problems wearing a hockey jersey. But I, when I get back playing hockey again, I have ice around me 24-7, unlike rinks up north that shut them down and, mm-hmm. and shave away the ice rinks during the summer because they don't think they're going to get people playing. I'm like, uh, no, we have ice year-round on the on the two sl- three slabs that are here. Um, but also, too, the Spider-Man jerseys look awesome. The hockey jersey looks great. They do. But I think yeah. even though but I think the baseball jersey looks just a bit better. And, I, and it does have the Iron Spider emblem behind the Mighty Mighty Marvel Geeks logo. Hmm. And that's and it's the the movie well it is it's the, the the black, red and yellow and blue look from the movie is where I got the the idea for the jersey. Okay? Cuz it's like the sleeves have the red section with a black and yellow web on the sleeves. Right. The logo is the the black logo with the red with the yellow outline and then Mighty Marvel Geeks on top of it. Uh, it's a blue shirt. Um, Everything looks gorgeous on it. It's it's a great. It came out great. It's a nice button down. Uh, order it now. It may be here in time. You may get it in time for uh, Spider Man Far From Home. And here's there the cool. Go. Here's the cool thing. You don't want the name Field Agents on it. That's cool. Change your name. Change it to say something else. Um, generic. Are you talking change the name on this on the jersey? On the jersey. Yeah. Okay. From Field Agents to say Smith. Okay. Or Parker. I'm just want to make sure that we're talking about changing the name on the jersey. On the because jersey. otherwise, it's kind of like, you know, if you don't like it, you don't like Field Legend on the change your name. 
to Field Agent. Exactly. I like that. I do that too. Hello, um, my name's Eric, Field Agent. How are you? I may be swayed to to authorize changing the number, but 13's the year we started, so that's why the 13's on the back. I kind of want to keep the 13 there. Right. But, um... And there's some great-looking ball caps to go with it. Not Spider-Man themed, but just Mighty Marvel Geeks themed. There's a couple good, nice red hat. One of our red hats would look great on it. One of our blue hats would look great with it. So check it out. Get it today. If you do get one, we want to see pictures. Yes, do. So um, before we get into the nitty-gritty, did y'all partake in uh, Free Comic Book Day? I did. Uh, I did not partake in Free Comic Book Day, though. I did partake in uh, Star Wars Day over at uh, my local Lego store. Which is the exact same day. There you go. Yeah. Um, For me, I did pick up the two Marvel offerings, the Spider-Man and the uh, Avengers book. Yes. So now I'm just waiting for them to appear on Comicology or Marvel in digital form. And it's frustrating. I want the True Believers books in digital as well. Even though I already have the original original book, I still want it to have that True Believers on it. Right. It's that completionist in me with this collection. I love the True Believers. I really do. They're just... I mean, and I understand some of these I've already got duplicates of. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I, I really don't because it's that, yes, it says Star Wars, but it says True Believers. So it's two totally different beasts. Exactly. So, um... So other than that, I have nothing else business-wise to take care of. So let's get into the nitty-gritty. Well, uh, Thirsty, if you would just sound the the alarm here. Uh, that was spoiler alert alarm. I've put it on the screen. Yes, oh. but they can't hear it at home. Oh, spoiler alert. Okay, there we go. Now that that's out of the way, let's talk in-game. The Russos said Monday at 8 a.m. Didn't matter if it was Central, Eastern, Pacific, whatever. We are past that point now. We can drop spoilers like they're hot. Oh, yeah. I have been sitting on the edge of my seat for too long. Yeah. Uh, just to give you all a little, a little backstory here, Mike was the last of us to see the movie. And when he got out, he, he, he texted me and Kylan. He said, I want to spoil the bleep out of this movie. Mm-hmm. We had to talk him down into holding off until this week. But tonight is that night. We are going to be discussing our, uh, I asked the guys, I said, because we have a tendency to wander, to, to tangent and chase down rabbit holes. No. Just, just. (laughs) So. Never us. I suggested that we, uh, that, that we format this a little bit. Uh, want to give us our top three takeaways slash things we liked, our top three things that we didn't like, and our top three burning questions that we still have. Now, before we get into this, I just want to point out that as of this evening, we are recording Thursday evening, uh, May the 9th. As of right now, Box Office Mojo is reporting that Avengers Endgame has grossed $2.3 billion with a B worldwide since opening day. Here we come, Avatar. In release, 13 days, widest release, 4,662 theaters, uh, 652.9 million domestic, 1.65 billion foreign. Jeez. Yeah. So basically, we're just over, domestic is just over 28% of that 2.3 billion. Wow. 
So, I mean, I, I think they've made their money back because the production budget was $356 million. I'm pretty sure they've made their money back. I'm almost positive. I'm pretty sure they did. Okay. And uh, just as a sidebar, week before last, uh, Mike and I were discussing uh, things that we wanted to see or that we expected to see. And on that list of about seven of seven items, uh, we got we definitely got three. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say half of uh, of a fourth and three that we did not get. Uh, the three that we got: Professor Hulk, yeah. uh, Cap, Cap goes out with Peggy, mm-hmm. and Pepper really is pregnant. Yeah. The thing that we kind of got halfway on was the dueling gauntlets because we got a second gauntlet made and they were fighting over it. Right. Uh, the three that we did not get were the Thunderbolts, uh, uh, Nebula, Nebula sacrificing herself for Gamora, and Rocket finds out what a raccoon is. Yeah. So, okay, so since we've got that out of the way, let's move on. Uh, let's start with our top three that we liked. Kylan, won't you give me your first on the list? Uh, the first thing for me was the appearance of a force. I I thought that was that was a really cool um, nod to uh, which I thought was a very awesome comic. Um, and there was no indication that we were going to see that at all in any of the pro- uh, promotional stuff that came out. Not the promotional, but I think that there was a hint of it in Infinity War. True, right there in Wakanda, where you've got. Um, uh, You've got Wanda and Nat- and Natasha. I was about to say Natalie. That's not right. And uh, Koye. Yep. And Sherry. Oh, that's right. She was there okay. as well. Yep. You know, I Wakanda. So yeah. So you had that scene. It's like you're going to die alone, but she's not alone. Mm-hmm. So you saw a nod to it. I was. I won't say that I was surprised to see it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean. It, it, the series was not that long lasting. No comics, but it was an interesting. It was an interesting concept, and I thought for fans of the title like you, it, it was a, it was a good nod. Yes, right. It's a good nod. All right, Mike. What's your first three? Uh, first of the three takeaways. Things you liked. Things that I liked. And when this happened, I did shout, "Get that man a Snickers bar!" And that was when they went back to 2012, and Cap gets in the elevator and says, "There's a change in plan." Because I'm going to take this. But no, no, no. It, it's okay. He leans over to, oh, what was his name? Sidwell. And he just says, Hail Hydra. I laughed so hard. And I. this is when I saw it Wednesday. I laughed so hard and I screamed out, get that man a Snickers bar. I had people going, what? And no one understood why. I had someone come up, why were you laughing? There was a comic book where at the end of the comic, Cap says, Hell Hydra, and it stirred up all types of heck. Oh, yeah. Yes. So for them to do that in the comic or in the movie as a jab at the comic, Nick Spencer, I think you were just told. But see, here's the thing. They set up, I mean, the Russo brothers set up the elevator scene. I mean, Stevie Wonder could have seen this coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it, it was like one of the most iconic scenes from Winter Soldier. Yes. 
they set it up, they, even right down to the camera angles. And yep. when Cap opens his mouth to speak, I'm almost expecting him to say, before we go any further, does anybody want to get out? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But then it's just kind of like, and you see even, you even see Rumlow, you know, starting to reach for his gun. Right. And then Cap just walks away and that smirk on his face, it's just kind of like the, I just pulled one over on Hydra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, it it was one of those it was truly an homage it was truly a a callback to an earlier movie but because cap knows the secret i mean it's just boom right he walks away with the with the mindstone and he doesn't have to throw a punch and the look on sitwell's face yes that was priceless. That that reaction right there was worth the price of the ticket. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, it was. And Rumlow's as well, because they were both going like, did I just hear what I think I heard? <laughs> well, <laughs> was, even uh, Crossbones is like, did, did yeah, I hear that right? Saying. Did I hear that right? So you had Sitwell and Grillo both going, what? <laughs> yes. Okay, and um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. My first of the top three was that right there. I, ju- I had just written down on my on my notes two words, Hail Hydra. Yeah, that's what I wrote as mine. <laughs> the Hail Hydra, and, and I'll just throw in a little extra, where he's fighting himself. Yeah. Uh, okay, 2012 Steve has 2019 Steve in a headlock. Oh, wait, excuse me. It's like 2023 now. Right. Yeah. Uh, and he just, and he stuns him by saying, Buck, he's alive. And that's just kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the second time, that's the second Winter Soldier uh, reference in almost as many minutes. Yep. And I love the fact that that's just one example of how they have built off of the past 11 years of MCU movies. Well, and, uh, go ahead. No, well, I mean, good storytelling does that. I mean, okay, think about it. Um, Iron, the, the, the events in Iron Man, okay, technically the events in Captain America is what kicked all this off. But right, chronologically, chronologically speaking, but it was the events in Iron Man that kind of, at least for the sake of the MCU, was what started the ripple effect. But it was Winter Soldier that completely changed the landscape of the MCU because all of a sudden you find out the Hydra. You find out exactly how deep Hydra is in all world governments. You delegitimize Shield, and you and you know Steve finds out that he's really not all alone in the world. He has Bucky now. Bucky has some issues, yeah, but his best friend is alive, and 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 it's that friendship that actually is at the center of Civil War. Yeah, you know, and I I mean, there's all these little things. Things that you know that that kind of carries the story forward, so that by the time we get to Endgame, it, you know, it, uh, it, and you know, some people may call it fan service, but you can't help but nod back, nod to the source material. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it serves as little reminders for why we love these movies so much. Yeah. You know? yep. and, and if you think about it, in Winter Soldier. 
Cap's three best friends are in that movie. Bucky, his old best, oldest best friend. Right. Then you've got Natasha, who is his current best friend. Mm-hmm. And then you have Sam, who is his newest best friend. Yep. So it's just Cap. You, Cap gets portrayed as a loner, but he actually has those three, those three relationships that are the strongest, probably some of the strongest in the MCU. Right. So, so all right. So let's go on to top three, number two of stuff that we liked. Kylan, what was your second? Ronan. <laughs> yeah, Ronan. I I love that character. I I I I don't I don't feel like that I really got enough of that character uh, in the comics. I always kind of hoped that there would be a Ronan solo series that didn't happen. But I got you're, you're talking former Hawkeye Ronan, not Ronan the Accuser. Yeah, Ronan, Ro- Hawkeye Ronan, not Ronan the Accuser. Okay, just clarifying for the folks at home. Yes, R O N I N, not R O N A N. Yeah, yeah. He was probably one of the. This is probably the most character development that he's gotten. Well, there's no probably. There's definitely. Well, I yeah. think it's, I think it's the most since Thor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. people and people have I've heard people say, well, they didn't like how the movie started off with him losing his family. I'm gonna like, no, no, that's that. probably one of the best ways you could open this movie because you saw what happened to everybody else at the end of Infinity War. Right. Then you and then, br- you briefly see at the end of Ant Man and Wasp what happens there. Yeah. Yes. But this is probably like it, it, he was introduced as the everyman. He was. So this was basically you saw this. You would have seen this played out all over the universe, really. Mm, right. Yep. That somebody stand there, and for all of you who were looking forward to seeing Kate Bishop in the MCU, sorry, that's just little girl Barton. Yeah. But she does get called Hawkeye. Yeah. But well, you see, th- but there's... you see him just—it's like he turns around and nobody's there. Yeah. And. Mm. Just start the movie with a gut punch, why don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The guy who took home you know, house arrest so he could at least be with his family. And then to have that family ripped away from him. Yeah. That was that was cruel to start that way, but it was necessary. Yeah. yeah. Because otherwise you don't have him going Ronin. No. no. And and you don't have that feeling of being pissed off with him when you see him come back. Yeah. And then you don't then then you also don't see all the events that happen afterwards between him and Natasha, him and anybody else, really. Right. Right. And then you also don't get the sense of hope and the way your heart just leaps when his phone rings. Mm hmm. And it's his wife, Velma, which, by the way, if you Wait. didn't set. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, well, like. Hawkeye's wife? No, it was Lauren. Who, no, hang on, though. Was it? Uh, it was his Lauren. Wife, his wife. It's Civil War. I know. You saw, you saw us leave anyway. And his family was everything for him. So we needed, I mean, I don't, I don't see what, uh, what other reason would drive somebody like Clint to become Ronan yeah. than losing family. I, it was, okay. it, 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 I, I agree with Mike. It was, it, it was cruel, but good storytelling still it isn't necessarily kind, but it is honest. Yeah. And it was an honest moment. And because we have totally lost Mike. Oh, crap. No, 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 no not, not because 
he doesn't get the reference. You know the reference because you and I talked about it. Yeah. Hawkeye, Clint Barton's wife is played by the actress Linda Cardellini. She played Velma in the Scooby-Doo movies. No. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wait, the live action? Yes. Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. Slight pause while Mike goes on to IMDb and furiously looks up Linda Cardellini. And he's and watch as his mind gets blown. Uh, Rutro Reggie. It's her. Okay. For some reason, I thought her name was something different because okay. she was one of my favorite characters in ER as well. Okay. All right. So while your mind knits itself back together from being blown by that little uh, no. trivia, no. <laughs> Give me your number two of things you liked. Um, I like the whole sequence that starts off. Or it the sequence ended with Thor going, "I knew it." Go that ahead. Was, that was Cap grabbing Molnir and using it against Thanos, which led, which led to my sub to of Thor having um, Stormbreaker and Molnir handing Molnir over to Cap going, you can have the little one. I want the big one. No, give me that back. You can have the little one. That, I, I swear, I laughed way too inappropriately loud at that. But I know that I, that you and I, and, and I'm assuming Callan as well, we have been looking for that particular image for a long time. Yes. Well, we knew we knew it was coming with uh, since Age of Ultron when Cap almost picked it up then, and it was like Molnir saying, "You're worthy, but not not yet, quite yet." Yeah, you've you've got potential, but not quite there yet. Uh, I'm Facebook friends with a uh, with an artist that does a lot of promotional stuff for uh, for Marvel. And he made mention that that was a, a scene that he has wanted to see since he was a teenager. And you know what? He's not wrong. He, he, the rest of us, too. Yeah, so that was so worth it, man. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my second of three things that I liked, the friendship between Thor and Rocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was not a a friendship that I expected to see before Infinity War. And you saw you saw it starting to take place there in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, when they're in the pod, they're, they're flying off. Off to I can't even pronounce it the Forge World, and you basically it, this is probably the most honest and transparent relationship of all of them in the MCU. Right. I mean, you've got you basically got two guys that have been broken, even in Infinity War, where he's still relatively well. Okay, he's not relatively anything other than broken. Right. But, you know, how Rocket is usually abrasive and sarcastic and and Thor is just, well, he's larger than life. I think the fact that they're so opposite, of course, well, Thor is a little abrasive anyway. Right. But sure. the, the fact that they just, they, they mesh, I think that that to me was kind of like a, a hidden jewel, like especially in uh, the scene where they go back to find his, you know, to get the ether. And Thor is pretty much almost having a nervous breakdown. Okay, he's been in the midst of a nervous breakdown for the past five years but could you imagine anybody else going up to the god of thunder and just smacking him across the face no you wouldn't have seen jane foster do that you wouldn't have seen lady sif do that you 
you might have seen Valkyrie do it. Yeah. But the little talking raccoon is the only one that have basically stood up to him. And basically it's like the I don't give a rat's butt. Yeah. Uh, did you notice this was like the first movie where Rocket did not try and grab some piece of technology? Or did sure. I totally miss it? Well, he got to play with all the technology at the, at the Avengers compound. So I think he was kind of happy with that. Yeah. Sure. And did y'all notice there is a Ratchet and Clank reference? Yes. Yes. Where he calls him rat, where Tony calls him Ratchet. Yep. Of course, he also calls him Build a Bear. But there you go. <laughs> I thought you were Build a Bear until you started moving. <laughs> okay, so Kylan, give me the last of your top three that you liked. Uh, this is pretty obvious, but um, Steve passing the shield to Sam. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. I'm still, I will probably always be more of a team Bucky than team Sam on this one. And I've given my reasoning before in a nutshell, it's because I like this, the MCU Falcon as the Falcon a whole lot better than the comic book Falcon. Right. But the Russos had a really good argument for it saying that, you know, Sam is the only one that has matched Steve's integrity blow for blow. Mm-hmm. And Bucky is still kind of damaged. Yep. Right. I mean, he, he's still in the, the rebuild yeah. of, of his own life. But it, another thing to point out, too, at the end of the comics of Civil War, Tony hands Bucky the shield and says, you're the new Captain America, not Steve, because obviously Steve is dead. Right. The only time Steve has handed the shield over was to Sam mm-hmm. when Sam becomes the new Captain America. So it's kind of, again, appropriate that they mirror that with with the movie. And who's to say that, I think Eric and I, you and I talked about this last week. Who's to say Steve and, and Bucky had talked and Bucky's going, I'm mentally not ready for this yet. Mm-hmm. Sam's the guy yeah. you need to give it to. Right. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. Bucky knew what Sam was, uh, what uh, what Steve was going to do. I mean, you saw the look on Bucky's face when it, there at the end, where Steve's just sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. You notice Bucky just gives that knowing nod to Sam. It's like, go, 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 see what that guy wants. Mm-hmm. Bucky knew. Yeah. Yep. And, and you can't tell me that at some point between Sam, uh, between Steve going back in time and the scene at the bench, Steve didn't call Bucky up and said, "Yo, hey, this is what I'm going to do." Right. Well, you uh, now here's an interesting. Interesting side note to that scene. Uh, I was reading an article today, and so, um, uh, so it seems that uh, what's his name? The guy who plays uh, Sam, Anthony Mackie. Anthony, yeah. yeah. Anthony Mackie found out about him becoming Cap directly from Chris Evans. He, he I guess he, he and Chris Evans were hanging out at Chris's place. And Chris says, so are you excited? And he says, yeah. Yeah, you know, he said, you know, that this movie's going to be huge and, you know, it's going to be it's going to be great. And he goes, you don't know then, do you? He goes, what? And then he says, and I think he actually he he uh, he left and came back with the script and showed him in the script where he becomes Cap. And he said that he had, and that's what that was how he found out was directly from Chris Evans. He said, and the two of them sat there in that moment drinking and it got, you know, there were, it got emotional and everything because, uh, Anthony Mackie said, you know, that it was 
it was a big deal for him because he didn't know that this would even happen for him. And that not just for him as an actor, but that what it would mean for his sons to see his character or somebody who looked like them become Captain America. So, yeah, so basically what happened in real life to a certain degree mirrored what was on the screen. Is that, that, that's the reason why in that particular scene there was so much emotion there between the two of them. Well, and it, and it kind of even helped to prove the point. And, and I think they touched on it briefly. Um, Captain America is not a person. It's, it's the title. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, if you think about it, they kind of hinted at the possibility of this to Winter Soldier because he said, I can do everything that he can. I'm just a little bit slower. <laughs> yep. Think about it. Well, yeah. I, okay. I have, when we hit the number ones, I have two that are tied. Okay. And, and, and I, unless one of you guys hit on them, then, then I'm not going to. Well, give me your last of the top three that you liked. Okay. Like I said, mine's a tie. First one. Okay. Tony Stark walking by Thor going, let's get out of the way, Lebowski. I <laughs> called that. I called that. You did. In the thing. I, I, I saw Thor. I thought who was been now referred to as Dad Bod Thor. Hey, it's going gonna, gonna to be the hottest Halloween costume that you. Dude, I already know what I'm going as for for Halloween. I've always wanted the body of a god. Now, thanks to this movie, I do. So when I first saw him, I just looked at I, I looked at Mac and I said, "It's the Big Lebowski." Mm-hmm. I said it out loud because I knew I I could tell people uh, around me heard me because the moment Tony Stark walked in and said Lebowski, a couple of ladies behind me started laughing. So I just said, "Called it." Yep. And my second goes back to Sam, where after the snap, there's Cap mm-hmm. about to get mowed down. And he's got Molnir, and all of a sudden he hears Cap on your left. I'm like, oh, a touch back to yep to uh, Wonder Soldier. Soldier. And he's like, what? Cap on your left. And then all of a sudden you see Doctor Strange's little thing, portals, and here comes Black Panther, and then coming on his left. When you when you see Sam. Black Panther, when you see Black Panther walk out of that portal, mm-hmm. there were people standing ovation doings in my theater. People were standing up, shouting, cheering, clapping, and it's kind of like he's just strolling in, like you know, the Lion King almost. You know, just that slow stretch, like all right, yeah. I'm here. I, I, Y'all I, I, the king has arrived. I, I was waiting for Rafiki to walk out in front of him afterwards or cross <laughs> in front of him. No, no, no. Um, but that was also a, a, a good quote by Dr. Strange. He said, is that all? Yep. Is it, or is this everyone? And Wong just looks at him. You wanted more? <laughs> that was great. It wasn't that great. Not for the ding. True. <laughs> no more okay. talking to people. My last of the top, of my top three was Professor Hulk. Oh, uh, yeah. And I don't think that should come as any surprise to anybody who has been listening to this show for the past several issues. The the Peter David Professor Hulk run during the late 80s, early to mid 90s was absolutely my favorite character arc of any comics out there. And to finally say uh, we 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 had the hints on the on the promotional art and the blurbage and the character progression 
from the first Avengers movie to Age of Ultron to Thor Ragnarok. But to finally see it, mm-hmm. yep. to finally see it, it was just kind of like, it, it's kind of like going to Disney World, seeing the castle for the first time. You heard about it. You knew it was going to be there. Right. But it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. You, you know, I, I have to admit, like, I didn't, I wasn't sure that we would ever see Professor Hulk until Ragnarok. Because, I mean, there, there was that obvious progression of Hulk from, when's the last time we saw him? Uh, well, saw hey, Hulk? Okay. Was Age of Ultron? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, no. Last time we see yeah. Hulk is um, at the beginning of Infinity War. Yeah, but no. before Infinity War was in Age of Ultron. No, it was Thor Ragnarok. It was Thor Ragnarok, and then Age of Ultron. Okay, so you, then you didn't see him at all in Civil War, right? No. Yeah, because he went off in space. So yeah, right. Because so we go I'm, we go I'm, Civil War to no Age of Ultron comes before Civil War. Yes, right. Went, went from Civil War to to Ragnarok. Rock. Yeah. And then we see Hulk briefly at the beginning of uh, Infinity War on the ship. Right. Yeah. When Loki gets killed. Right. And so you see, so yeah, that's right. So to see that progression, I'm like, are they going to actually do it? Are they going to actually... And they did, and 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 it worked the way they did it, you know. And those, yeah, you know, with the obvious, uh, you because know, I, I I got the because you know Professor Hulk isn't as strong as Raging Hulk is, no. you know. So you but, know he's trying to rage, and you know he can't really rage anymore. <laughs> and there is still a little bit of temper to him, right? Like that's the scene there on the dock where they're talking about uh, Natasha having sacrificed herself yep. and, and it's kind of like we can get her back no we can't and then you see you see the gears work and he realizes no you really can't and then he just grabs the bench rips it up and then throws it across the lake it's mm-hmm. you see a little bit of that rage left right so those are our top three things that we took away that we really liked Mm-hmm. Now we had the good. Now we got to have the bad. So, Kylan, what was the first of your top three things that you did not particularly like about Endgame? Hmm. I think I, I think I would have liked to see maybe a little more of of aftermath. You know, they, you know, once we we get that five year jump, I think I would have liked to see a little more of the widespread aftermath. You know, um, as far as exactly how how normal did had life become for I mean, okay, it's obvious that things are still pretty bad. But I mean, there were some parts of the world that seemed they were they, they 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 bounced back pretty well, you know. So I don't know. I think it was I I almost felt like I wanted to see a little more of that because. Like it seemed like New York was just scrap. It was just done. But you know, Tokyo was still thriving. Right. You know, yeah. so I, I that was one thing. But mind you, to me, that's a small thing, and that's more of a storytelling well, thing. But that's kind of one thing I wanted to see more of. I, I didn't like that. These this doesn't mean to say the things that we didn't like. Right. Is it is not in any way, shape, or form to be construed in that we thought the movie was crap because of it. Right. I mean, these are these just things that we did not like because it's impossible to make a movie that pleases everybody for every minute of its runtime. Right. So these can be and and a couple of mine. Yes, a couple of mine are or one of mine really is is minor as well. Mm-hmm. But it does not ruin the movie for me. These are not movie killers. 
They don't have to be. Right. Unless, unless Mike, your number one I didn't like thing really did ruin the movie for you. No. Um, I just I didn't like the Nebula sub story. I mean, I understand it was vital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, to me, I, I would have thought, you know, this is something that could have potentially been avoided if they had thought out who was going where. Mm-hmm. Well, Nebula was the only was a natural choice for that because she was the only one that knew really about what was going on at that point. Right. right. So, yeah, it kind of was thought out, but Nebula did happen to be the weakest link in that chain. Right. It's just it, it wasn't something I was I was keen on. Right. I got you. I mean, it didn't ruin the movie. It made sense. But it's like, OK, if 2018 Nebula kills 2014 Nebula, how is 2018 Nebula still around? Right. Uh, now, see, I, I got a related question later on. OK. OK. And and I'm going to say right now, uh, stay tuned because there will be a, believe it or not, issue 250.1 tonight. And yes, I did say issue 250. So we have basically been doing this show together, you and me, for 200 episodes. Excuse me, issues. 199 issues, yeah. Wow. You came in at uh, 251. All right, you came in at 51. Just regular 51. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So my first, my first three things I didn't like, and this is going to sound weird considering what my last of the top three things that I did like. Uh, there were things I did not like about Professor Hulk. Okay. First of all, have knowing how Professor Hulk came into being in the comics, I was a little disappointed in the fact that the the transition to Professor Hulk got pretty much glossed over and, yeah. and was was pretty much like a throwaway line. His Oh, I started thinking of him as the cure rather than the disease and spent a long weekend in the lab and boom, here we are. Yep. It it just seemed a little rushed to me. It, it Now, I get it. There's a lot of things that you can't go into detail on because the movie is already three hours long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some things have to be glossed over. Some things have to be left on the on the cutting room floor. But this was, without a doubt, the one character I was hoping and looking forward to seeing. And so it was it was a little bit of a letdown. Also, I wish they'd have po- they would have dropped uh, Mark Ruffalo's voice down about a half an octave. Yeah, because the Hulk's voice in every other appearance, it was deep. It was rumbly. It was a little gravelly. I would have loved to have hear heard a little bit more of that deepness, that that rumble. Very, very much so. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Now they yeah. pushed it up just a little bit. I think would have been okay for Mark Ruffalo as Professor Hulk. No, hey, it's Mark Ruffalo, Professor Hulk. Yeah, it just, it seemed weird hearing Mark Ruffalo's voice coming out of Hulk. Right. But anyway, again, minor thing, but that was a disappointment for me. Kylan, what was your number two thing that you didn't like? Number two thing I didn't like, I would say was, um, honestly, I I kind of... I wanted that first fight with Thanos to be a little more epic. I was kind of surprised at how quickly that first fight ended. It was almost like, you know, Thanos was channeling his inner Aunt May. Yeah. Yeah. 
But to be fair, he had just snapped the Infinity Stones out of existence, and he said it nearly killed him. So, mm. yeah. Okay. All right, Mike. Uh, I was gonna. I felt you know the whole permanent injury thing with Hulk after his snap. I mean, we we've seen him recover fairly well, but to hear that, oh no, the injury is pretty much permanent. Uh, to me, that didn't seem cool. No, I agree with you. I mean, he heals very quickly. Now, this could be something that, that stays hurt for a long, long time, that it takes him a long time to get over, and that should that should pretty well communicate just how severe that was. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, I'm with you. Permanent just doesn't sound right. Okay, my number two thing I didn't like, and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack over this, I did not like Captain Marvel in this movie. Okay. It's it's like Marvel did it's it's like they didn't know what to do with her. Well, you know, uh this was filmed before the Captain Marvel movie was filmed. And apparently at least something I read, uh the pretty much all of the all of the when she got her script, all the other lines uh, of the other actors were redacted. So all she had were her lines. Uh, Brie Larson just had her lines in the movie, and I'm not sure if the Russo brothers knew exactly what to do with her as far as they, because they didn't really have much to go on as far as a personality. Because, I mean, think about it, in the scenes that you see her, there's not a lot of, um, you don't really get to see much of her personality-wise. Yeah, you don't, um, because she's either sitting around looking bored, she's talking down to you know everybody else in the room and it, i am not saying that i hate captain marvel as a character right i'm just saying i did not like her in this movie there was not it, again it looked like they the russo brothers didn't know what to do with her mm-hmm. so she really didn't have much of a role to play in this yeah she found tony and nebula brought them to earth yeah so it shows up as a deus ex machina right and then she's the cavalry to come in and destroy the sh- thing ship mm-hmm. about the only time where she actually seemed to have any kind of human personality was when she says hey peter parker i think you have something for me or something like that mm-hmm. it, it's just that right there was the only part that really made her seem real to me and right. to me this if this is a movie where basically they are banking on captain marvel and brie larson to become the new face of the mcu i would have liked a bit more character development in it right and definitely a whole lot more interaction with tony and steve and thor and you know just just because if you're gonna pass off the torch pass off the torch right it's almost like she's she's getting the torch is kind of like they dropped the torch wandered off and she's come in and picked it up Mm -hmm. it's not like the handing off of the shield to sam right Right. And I just I it just makes me feel like she's she's nothing but a plot device in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Kylan, what was your third thing that you did not like? Uh, wear a shield. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I would feel like I, I felt like, you know, we we have a what uh, is ultimately a world art altering event. Um, and I understand that at the uh, at the point of snap, that shield was still a was at that point shield was 
pseudo legit. Um, I don't know. I kind of felt like it. It just seems like Shield, the the organization itself, should have had a bigger presence. Like, I mean, the presence there was none in this case. But I felt like Shield should have been there somehow. Yeah. If at the very least, at the very least, you see some of the agents of Shield being brought in through Doctor Strange, you know, mage portals there for the final battle. Exactly. Shield wasn't even present for that. You know, I mean, what you talked about your A Force moment. How cool would it have been to have Quake and Agent May as part of that? Oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been And Yo-Yo. We can't forget Yo-Yo. Exactly. And Simmons. Oh. Hey, even Mockingbird would have been cool. Oh, it would have been awesome to see Mockingbird and Hawkeye fighting side by side. Oh, yes. uh, You know, I don't know. And so I have to admit that that did not sit well with me. Um, And you guys know that I'm a huge fan. So that, that... bothered me just a little bit. You know, I didn't understand why S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't there. Yeah. No, so... Yeah. All right, Mike. Yes. Your last your last of the things you didn't like. Uh, Really, I only had the two because I couldn't think of a third one. Okay. I'm going to be All honest right. with you. Okay. My third one, and it's, again, this is kind of a minor, the movie's slow start. I mean, is I think that's just because the, the last part of it, like the second half, you know, when you go into the, the time heist part, that's interesting. That's fun. That's fun to watch. But it's from the moment that the that the missiles hit the compound it's it's all just it's like whammo blammo right and it just makes the rest of the movie seem slow by comparison Mm mm-hmm Okay, so, all right, so those are the threes that we did not like after the three that we did like. So now, quickly, our top three remaining questions after watching Endgame. Mm-hmm. Kylan, what's your first? Um, Are we going to get the West Coast Avengers now? That's a good question. It's very possible. That compound is pretty much toast up there in New York. Yeah. So this is the secret lair of the West Coast Avengers. I always wondered... I'm Special Agent Tony Donoso, yes. <laughs> okay, Mike, your first your first question. When Tony Stark returns the Soul Stone, do we get Black Widow back? Tony Stark didn't return the Soul Stone. I mean, that Tony, uh, Steve Rogers, when he returns the Soul Stone, do we get Black Widow back? You know, that is a very good question. Because it basically says a soul for a soul, right? Yeah. Right. And this is the thing if in uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, because you saw at the end of Endgame, Quill is looking over star charts and there is a searching is searching for Gamora. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it, it, Quill, if you're looking for the lady that you love, Vormir is going to be the first place you should look. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, my first question actually kind of ties into that. And I wish I could say that this was my question, original question. Question, but I did see this on the internet, and I'm just kind of like, holy crap, why didn't I think of that? Mm-hmm. How did Cap enjoy visiting Vormir and seeing the Red Skull? True. True. I mean, that's just one of the things you wish that had been done. Yeah. You just, just wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so, Kylan, your second question. Um... Okay. Uh, where, like, where did Steve go? I mean, I know that there was a, he went to another dimension, another timeline, but what happened in that timeline, which actually, I'm just going to stop at that because that brings up 50 questions just by itself. But where did Steve go? Leave it at that. Okay. Mike? Mine kind of ties in with that. Cap's timeline. 
how when he's returning the stones and then we see him actually spending time with Peggy, what's that timeline that allow that he grows old? Does this mean everything that happened prior to the events of Endgame in that when he goes back in the quantum realm to return the stones, all that never happened? All right. My second question ties into both of y'all. How broken is this timeline now? Because when the Hulk, when Bruce was talking with the Ancient One and they were discussing timelines, it's kind of like, you know, you take the time stone out of the uh, of the timeline. Well, great. That helps y'all. But that leaves us with a timeline where, you know, that's not that's not available and we are all doomed. Right. And he goes, well, you know, if we if we bring it right back to the exact point where we where we took it, then boom, it's like it never left. Right. Right. Okay. But think about this, because the Thanos that they fought was a Thanos from before the stones were gathered in the first place. Right. So they basically killed Thanos before he became a threat. Right. Correct. So basically, you went full minority report on him. Mm -hmm. So now you have the question of... uh, Thanos never assembles the stones, never creates the gauntlet, never does the snap, and therefore never presents the 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 scenario in which they go back in time to get the stuff. Right. So how broken is the timeline now? And we know it has to be broken. We has to be splintered because now you've got you know possible Mysterio as a good guy from an alternate timeline, or you've got uh, uh, you've got one division, you know. Vision and the Scarlet Witch, they are, it's being set in the 1950s. Now you have Loki getting his own TV show because you know, now he's got the Tesseract. The 2012 Loki has the Tesseract and he escapes. Right. So all these different things that never should have happened have now happened. Yeah. Right. So the timeline's broken. Just how bad is it is my question. And something tells me we will not find out for several more movies. Right. Okay, Colin, your final question. Uh my oops. Your final question is what did I just do to my microphone? Yeah. I was like, oh my God. So my final question is um where where does how can I put it? Where do, where where do the adventures go from here? Like you know, all right. So does this mean? I because I don't believe that the Avengers are done, but we don't have any indication that there is a new group. No, we don't. So I know that like one question I asked was, "Do that mean that we're getting the West Coast Avengers?" My question, my my last question is, do are we getting the Avengers at all? Because as far as based on what Nick, what Nick's uh, mission was for the Avengers, we still need Earth's mightiest heroes. Mm-hmm. So where, so where, where does that put them? Because that that was just kind of left out there in the air, hanging out there. Right. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And Disney has released its its upcoming schedule for the next several years, and there's eight there, films. There's eight films, but most of them don't have a title. Right. So we don't know. It could. Could be it could be the Avengers. There are no more Avengers movies, but maybe we get Fantastic Four now Possibly. or something like that. But that is a very good question, Mike. Your final question: What happened, to Gamora? That is a good question mm-hmm. because when Tony snaps, obviously he snapped everyone from 2014 away. Well, he snapped all of Thanos's forces away, right? But we see she- we see Gamora fighting against him. Yeah, 
at the end. Yeah. But she, I, I assumed Tony snapped anyone who came, came through 2014 on Thanos' ship. That means Gamora's gone, that's, whether she fought with him or not. That's the question. Did she get snapped away? I don't think so. I don't think so either. But you don't see her with the Guardians at the end. Nope. And if she and if she's brought to the future, well, she's gone anyway because she was sacrificed for the Soul Stone by Thanos. See, that brings that goes back to my question: How broken is the timeline? Yeah, because Thanos was killed before he sacrificed her. Yeah, which ties in my questions as well with what's the story with um, with Nebula? She kills herself yet stays alive. So, yeah, which breaks all the rules from the timelines that they talked about. You don't go and yeah. touch yourself. Yeah, are you basing a, a timeline theory off of Back to the Future? Well, no. <laughs> Which I thought that was a well, wonderful quote there. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, and my, my final question mentioned in there. My final question: How did Cap Shield get fixed? I have a theory well, on that. Again, that was his shield from that previous. From when he goes back. That, well, that's my question. Is it his shield that he went back with because it got chopped up and shattered in the fight with Thanos? Right, but right. He, th- he doesn't go back with the shield. He goes back with Molnir. So again... Or does he go weird. back with the shield? I don't remember. Uh, he does. I, I have a theory. And okay. it goes, and, and it's tied to his conversation with Sam. Because, you know, when he gives the shield to Sam and he says, how does it feel? And he says, it feels like some, it belongs to somebody else. And he says, it doesn't. Right? I have a theory that because according to the Russo brothers, they said that Steve went to a different dimension. A different. So I assume when they say different dimension, he went to a different time timeline because had he been in this timeline it would pretty much would mess up everything unless he as long as he didn't interact with you know himself come 2010 or 2009 or 2010 when he's uh discovered i think that he was in an alternate future where sam is captain america i believe that i I believe that because they they they've already in essence they they confirmed that there's a multiverse and we know there's a multiverse because we have loki out there with the tesseract yeah so so, yeah go ahead but again i mean that's that's a question is that a fixed shield? Is that a shield from another dimension? He can't say, well, I went to the, you know, this was my shield in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Because that shield was frozen in ice along with him. Mm-hmm. And when I heard, and not that I'm saying you're wrong, Colin, but when I heard him say it feels like it belongs to somebody else, mm-hmm. I took that to mean, he says, that's his way of saying, I can't accept this. This is yours, not mine. Right. So when he says it feels like it belongs to somebody else, he's talking about Steve. Right. So who knows? Maybe this question is going to be answered during the Falcon and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. series. Right. Maybe. But I'm going to say we can mention or we could talk briefly in the point one mm-hmm. about the multiverse, because at this point in time, I got 
kind of wrap us up here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So final thought is go catch us on point one. We're going to continue this on just a little bit more and provide you our picks of the week. So um, Thursday, if you would, please. Preparing to power down and begin diagnostics. No, 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 no. We said we're doing a point one. We don't need to power down yet. So just wait. We'll be back. See you in, in the point in the point one. Ready? Yes, it is. Time to bring in the Avengers.